0: Today's weather forecast is light clouds and a chance of Kel Nightmare.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Eli.
0: I'm Cheyenne.
1: Welcome to You've Got a Minute, where we are just right in the middle of things in the movie You've Got Mail.
0: I would hardly say we're right in the middle of things, but we are on minute 18.
1: I didn't say the middle of the movie. I just said the middle of things.
0: Well, talk to us about the middle of things. Where are we coming from? Where are we going? (laughs)
1: So, uh, the folks from the shop around the corner have just discovered that Fox Books, the big bad Fox Books Superstore, is opening up uh, just around the corner.
0: How? How are they just discovering this? Like, this has been... It's not a pop-up tent. They've been building this for months. The paint job can't be a one-day ordeal.
1: Pre-internet, it seems like, well, not pre-internet, obviously, but pre, like, the internet as we know it. It seems like you would have been more invested in the things happening around you, especially if you're so obsessed with your city and your neighborhood and your district and, like, all of that.
0: This is perhaps maybe the first plot hole. Oh, but the, it's the tiniest little hole.
1: Maybe they're just used to things. You know, she talks later on about how things change in New York, and maybe they just aren't going to give it any mind until they know what it is. Perhaps. And this is that moment. This is the moment where they stand outside of Fox Books, stare up at the big painted wall that we just described in the last episode, and say,
0: Kell Nightmare. Which, ladies and gentlemen, if I had to make a shirt, this would be it.
1: If she had to, folks. If you really twisted her arm, she wasn't going to bring it up. But now that you mention it, if she had to make a shirt.
0: It would be Kel Nightmare. Today, I bought a necklace that I had some poor Etsy seller oh my craft that says Kel Nightmare.
1: By the time you hear this, she'll have had the necklace for a while.
0: I hope so. So this beautiful line comes from Christina, Mm -hmm. our grown-up Daria, Mm -hmm. and she is lamenting with her co-workers that a shop around the corner may be in trouble.
1: Kathleen is completely unfazed by this. She says, and this really says a lot about Kathleen and how she views the shop around the corner.
0: I think how she views the world. She's very much a joy from inside out, and Christina is a bit of a sadness.
1: Not just that, because I think you're absolutely right, but I think that, like, We saw the Fox men talk about their business, and this is her talking to her. She says, this has nothing to do with us in regards to Fox books. She says, it's It's big, big, impersonal, impersonal,
0: overstocked, and full of ignorant salespeople.
1: But they discount. So she, she thinks that they're in a different, like they're not even competitors in some way.
0: She really doesn't give in to the myth of scarcity in this scenario.
1: She goes on to have a conversation with Bertie. They're at a little, what do you call those, like?
0: It's just a little deli where they sell the meats and the fish, but you can also eat lunch there.
1: Yeah, yeah, I guess it is like a little deli. What's the what's the place in Austin, the Blue Grocer? Mm-hmm, and yeah. across
0: the street is Biederman's, which is this sort of exact thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so she's with Bertie at this little deli. And it's another one of those transitions that this movie does that I really like where we hear the person's dialogue and then cut to them delivering the line in the new scene. There's so much It is
0: that. one of the most flawless edits so far, in my opinion. Kathleen's voiceover that could have been happening in the previous scene happening now in a different location.
1: Yeah, it kind of shows that she's having the same conversation again. Mm-hmm. Um, but with a very different person. This scene really makes me think about Birdie. We talked about how, uh, you know in all of these other scenes, you have these background details, and you sort of, if you really hone in on them, learn about characters like uh, Nelson and Skylar Fox. In this scene, she's talking to Bertie, and she says,
0: You know how in the flower district, there are all those flower shops in a row so you can find whatever you want? Well, this is going to be the book district. If they don't have it, we do. And Bertie, very suspiciously, just in total disbelief, nods her head like, sure, Kathleen.
1: And then she delivers uh, a very poignant line and says, and vice versa. To suggest that the shop around the corner might not be able to offer the exact same things that Fox Books does, and that that might be a problem for the small independent bookseller.
0: Yeah, perhaps an overstocked bookstore is gonna be more attractive than an understocked niche bookstore.
1: Yeah, and Kathleen doesn't take her meaning. Kathleen says, yeah, exactly, and goes on. Uh, Birdie is very skeptical and nervous about all of this. She's not afraid in the way that Christina is, but she is concerned.
0: Before we leave that scene, I'm curious what your opinion is on watching this minute by minute and minutes like these where we have three distinct locations, mm-hmm. how short some of these little moments are. Like, do you think a whole day of filming was dedicated to the like twenty seconds we spend with Bertie and Kathleen at the deli?
1: It is really interesting when they do cut to so many different scenes and very few of them repeat locations. Mm -hmm. Like, so much of this movie is in new, unique, one-off locations. Uh, It is interesting how short all of those scenes are. And it's not necessary for it to be that way. Like, they could have several scenes. They could have found ways to write more scenes in uh, Nelson's office. You know, there's another scene between Joe and Nelson.
0: Or in the scene we were just talking about, that could have been a continuation of the street scene, just add Birdie into that equation, have the four of them walk from the store into the shop. Like, they could have saved a whole day of filming, but it's really wonderful that what they've done is insinuate that, as you mentioned, Kathleen is having this conversation over and over and over again, and we see that in the final moment of this minute.
1: Yeah, we transition away from her conversation with a concerned birdie to her conversation with Frank Navasky back at her apartment. Um, what does she say at the beginning of this?
0: It's actually Frank who starts this scene. He's talking about when the shop around the corner crushes Fox Books. They will have turn back time on all the progress made by the Industrial Revolution. Yeah,
1: yeah. He, you know, uh, <laughs> he's a very, very anti-capitalist guy. Um, Frank is someone who I think the the writers of this movie have some level of like, not contempt for, but I was
0: going to say like love and loathing.
1: They definitely are making fun of him, and mm-hmm. this is a great example of that. There are so many scenes where he is anti-capitalist and anti-technology, but he like he works for a big company in a big city, a very capitalist city, and he is obsessed with very specific technology. In every, Almost every scene that he's in kind of makes fun of him and pokes holes in him for his hypocrisy. Um, yeah,
0: he, like he has all these rules for life, but uh, he can break them in his own strange, unique ways. Yeah,
1: So, uh, but it's, it does start with him saying that the shop around the corner is going to defeat uh fox books they're going to defeat the big bad chain store and it's going to turn back time on everything that's happened since the industrial revolution like you said
0: and in this moment kathleen's like oh so sweet and they engage in the most sexless hug i have ever seen it's like when you hug an aunt that you're like is this a relative or has the neighbor stopped by it's just like a little pat on the back i'm sorry what let me let me Hold just on. Do a different comparison. No, 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 no,
1: no, 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 nope, no. Nope, nope. I need this one on record. Their sexless hug is like when you hug an aunt. And at first I was like, Is my wife talking about hugging an aunt like a bug?
0: <laughs> no, a familial aunt. Yeah, yeah, you no, an aunt, some might yeah. say. It's
1: like when you hug your aunt and midway through the hug you say, Am I hugging my aunt or am I hugging my neighbor? Is that? I'm sorry. What? Like, like, how many has that happened to you enough times that you think it's a common occurrence? Has that happened to you once?
0: The context. The context I've left out of this scenario is is a lot. Is that your family is so large that? You know, you don't know all of your aunts. (laughs) Oh, you mean when you're hugging one.
1: You mean when you're (laughs) hugging one of my aunts when you come to one of our family gatherings and you're like, "Am I hugging someone who's a part of Eli's family or am I hugging a random person that's in the house?" Because in my that and you know, even
0: if they are a neighbor, we're still on Phillips Street, so who knows? So they're
1: probably still family. Okay, yeah, yeah. That. Listen, I'm going to pretend that that's what you meant, and not that one time. It's exactly
0: what I meant. (laughs) What I said is what I meant. And listeners, we have reached the end of minute mm,
1: 18 we are
0: now at minute 19 and before Eli has any more time to roast me thank you until next time thank you thank
1: you thank you really rushing out of that one as quick as you can huh
0: absolutely Thank you for listening to this episode of You've Got a Minute. You can find future episodes wherever you get your podcast. And hey, if you'd like to leave us a review, we would really appreciate that. If you'd like to say hi, our email is ygampodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we'll see you next episode.